Welcome to All Autism Talk, connecting the autism community one podcast at a time. Our podcast offers friendly conversations with inspiring individuals in the autism community. All Autism Talk is brought to you by Learn Behavioral and the Learn Provider Network. Now here's your host. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of All Autism Talk, the podcast brought to you by Learn Behavioral, a leading provider in ABA services across the country. I'm excited this week because I had a chance to sit down with my co-host, Katherine Johnson, and we had an opportunity to discuss the holiday season, preparing for the holidays, being in the moment of the holidays, and also preparing for that transition back into school and work. I hope you find this conversation really helpful and valuable. Here's my chat with Katherine Johnson. great to have you on as like us just talking and us just connecting. I feel like you get to host and I get to host, but we never actually get to do episodes together. This is so It's fun. been a minute. Yeah, we we did. We we had a, a, a string of them a while back, but I feel like that's that was going on a couple of years ago now. I know if it, it doesn't feel like that, but it does in some ways. Oh, it's fun to chat right before the holidays. Yeah, and, and I that's what I really want us to talk about, right? The holidays. Yeah. I mean, we're coming into a time with a lot of change, which can be a lot of stress for families and individuals with autism. Mm-hmm. And I think there are a lot of things we can be doing to get ready for the holidays, be in the thick of it, and also transition back into school or work successfully. Yeah, well, I have a question for you. Yes. Okay, so somebody gave me this really good um icebreaker and i and it was basically you'd go around and have everybody say what is the best advice that anyone has ever given you and so i'm wondering with regard to the holidays what's the best advice that someone has ever given you with regard to handling the holidays with your kids and maybe or maybe what's the best you advice you've ever given either one Great question. I, you know, I think for me, it's all about expectations, right? And, and the best advice I was given was adjust your expectations, right? So when we had kids, it was recognize that kids are going to operate on their schedule and whatever you thought was going to happen, you thought you were going to have a turkey dinner at four o'clock and, you know, the oven is, it's, it was just adjust your expectations because yeah. something's going to go wrong and you've just got to be okay with it, right? Like yeah. It's, it's, you're not going to have the, uh, the, the picture perfect, you know, Christmas or holiday movie. It's just, it's not going to go that way. And so be okay with it ahead of time. Yeah, that is really good advice. I think, so for me, I would say the best advice somebody ever gave me is to like separate my, like particularly around holidays or like big events, like to separate your time in your head around here's time when I am preparing for this event versus here's time when I am enjoying it. I'm no longer in that preparation mode to like really be in the moment. Um, But for me, that also really set up how important it is to sort of have those like moments where you're preparing for the thing, where you're thinking about the thing, where you're, you know, putting things in place to make sure the thing goes well. And then when you're actually in it, you can really just be present. Right. I'm thinking about meal planning for us. That's like a big thing in our house because it's, you have to find the recipe, then you've got to go shopping for it. Then you've got to, 
prep all the ingredients and cook it and time it so it all happens at the right time. And but then at that moment when it's all there, then great. Mm-hmm. You're not in preparation mode anymore. You're in enjoyment mode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like you can do that also if you want your kids to help your kid kids or to have your kids help you cook. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do some preparation around that in advance. So like um my kids are a little bit older now, so they can actually like the measuring of the things and the mixing of the things and all of that they can do. And they can actually, you know, sort of start to read the recipe and it all comes, becomes a little bit of a learning experience. Mm -hmm. But a couple of years ago, um, I would actually like when they were little, I would actually like make dough in advance. And then that was my like preparation time. And then when it was time to like, enjoy making cookies, it was like, we would just grab the dough out of the refrigerator. All they had to do was like, be, you know, be doing the cookie cutters. Yeah. Or, or like make the cookies in advance and all they have to do is frost them. Or you can, if you have like, sort of like a more, uh, I don't know, complicated recipe, you can actually like just measure out all the ingredients in advance so that they can, you know, if they're at the stage where they can pour, but they can't necessarily wait for, you know, the 30 seconds that it takes you to measure the thing, they right. can still sort of give her measuring the thing beforehand. You know, they can still cook with mommy or cook with daddy, right. you know, because you've got everything all measured out and they don't have to wait for that. That that yeah. waiting part is like killer. Yeah. One one thing about cooking that's really tough for me is I I like things to be really neat and tidy. And so when <laughs> my kids help with cooking, it's just not, it's just not. And, and mm-hmm. I think that's something that I just have to, I have to be okay letting, can like letting go of control. Right. And just saying like, all right, this is going to make a mess. We're going to spill flour. We're going to. I didn't you know, know this about you, Richie. Yeah, Are you a neat it, freak? I am. I am in all the areas I can. Oh. I absolutely am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but like, I, you know, it's like, so, you know, if they spill chocolate chips and we're making chocolate chip cookies, that's fine. And like, I think half the ingredients end up in the bowl when I cook with my kids versus them eating the other half or spilling or whatever. Um, and so it's, again, it's just those back to those expectations of like, just being okay with that. Just like have fun with the project, enjoy it, be in the moment to your point, make sure that we're, um, you know, building on the success and, and just enjoying the quality time that we don't always get. What are some other things that you think we could sort of like plan in advance or, you know, sort of like relegate to that part of your time when you're actually like sitting down to prepare for the thing or start the thing before, before you're ready to enjoy? What are some things that parents can plan and do in advance? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I, I'm always thinking two weeks ahead, right? Mm-hmm. For the clients that I worked with and, and for my kids as well. And so one of the things I always like to do is I think, man, school break is coming up, right? What what can I ask the teachers? And so I spend the two weeks before holiday breaks or winter breaks or whatever it may be asking teachers for extra assignments or if they have homework or things that my children or my clients didn't finish so that we can build that into some structured time once we get started, right? Um, And, you know, sometimes it's a little worksheet, sometimes it's an arts and crafts project, sometimes it's, you know, if they're making, if they're making, you know, 20 of them, excuse me, if the teacher's making 20 of them, can they make 21 and we can do it again as a family? Um, So that 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 way it's, yes, they've had practice with it and they've had experience, but it's not just, you know, 
20 hours of unstructured time a day or 15 or whatever it may be the waking hours that way we can build in a project as a family if that makes sense you guys do that a lot I'd like to say yes we do we do it sometimes my my kids are really into making books right now and so it's here's you know here's a stack of paper and we all color and do those things and then staple them together and then but what but I think it's so great you know as a clinician it's one of the things I always tried to push right it's yeah if we go from a highly structured organized day to an unstructured day it's going to be really hard for yeah for our the, the individuals we work with and their families. And so it's great. If we can build in a 20 minute arts and crafts, great. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. If we can build in a 20 minute worksheet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. What about for like- you? How do you, how do you prepare for those holiday breaks and things like that? Um, I like to plan. First of all, I have to plan for downtime mm-hmm. because I always, I always forget that all of the holiday excitement and all of the events and all of the like sensory experience that goes along with all of those things really takes a lot out of my kids. And um, so now finally many years in, I'm realizing (laughs) as I plan, not only do I just want to make sure that I'm only planning enough for us to do and never too much for us to do. Once you get to the too much, it just, it stops being fun. Yeah. Um, but then also making sure that like, if we're doing, you know, if we're, we're doing some big holiday party where there's going to be loud noises and there's going to be a lot of people and all of that, not only do I need to like sort of plan for that event itself, but you know, big picture, I also need to plan to not make plans the next day, the next mm-hmm. day, my kids need to like, you know, lay around the house and like do their favorite things and be on electronics and read and, you know, just sort of have a quieter, like less stimulated day. Yeah. I take my kids for a drive and it's, they'll, they'll fall asleep in the car. And Mm. so that's the only time that my kids fall asleep. Yeah. Um, I think it's just, (laughs) we can just tell, right. They're tired. Everyone's on edge. Mm. They're fighting with each other. They're fighting with us. So I think it's a great point of just know what's going to happen and plan for it. Right. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, what about, yeah, I think about like a lot of families are going to travel, right. Mm -hmm. They're going to be traveling over the next couple weeks, Mm -hmm. you know, and visiting family or having family visit. Um, is there anything that we can be doing to help with that travel piece or with having a guest in their home piece? Well, I think one of the most important things is just remembering, not just that the event is going to happen and sort of all of the normal things that you would plan around it, but think about it from your child's perspective. Mm. Um, You know, if you've got a child who has um, a lot of trouble processing sensory information or, you know, gets sort of dysregulated when they're in a crowd of people or gets, you know, has a harder time when they're, you know, not in their own home, you can just start thinking about like all of those things that are comforting to them, um, things that might sort of help them deal with those situations like, you know, headphones or earplugs or um, my latest favorite thing, I think you can get them at most libraries is called a play away. 
Have you heard of this? It's like a, mm-hmm. yeah, it's so cool. It's like a little, you can just check them out from the library and they're like books on tape that come in a little, like, um, I don't know. It looks like a tiny little Walkman, like from the very late eighties after Walkman's got small <laughs> <laughs> and it just has like one book on it, but it comes with like the headphones and everything. So you can just check it out and it's like a little book on tape. Um, and that's something that can sort of like reduce sensory stimulation for kids who are sort of like in a crowd or, you know, in a, at a, at an event where there's more people than they would prefer, or if they're bored, you know, they're on an airplane or they're in a car. Um, and you know, you can get ones that are just, you know, specific to their interests. Um, and just making sure that they have also like those little creature comforts, you know, yeah, like their lovies, their, you know, their special stuffed animal, if they have like a special cup that they like to drink out of, um, you know, whatever sort of like interests they have or things that they love at home, like really think about what, what this situation is going to feel like to them and yeah. plan those things that are going to make them enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I do the same thing when I travel, right? Try, like I, I wear, I wear comfortable clothing, right? Mm-hmm. I make sure that I can, I've got a jacket because it gets cold on the plane sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, I think some of those things are just things to think about and prepare for. And it's also good if, if you're driving, you know, talk about it ahead of time. Right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about where we're going and how long it's going to take. And when we go to visit my parents, it's about a four hour drive. So great. We're going to be in the car for this time. And, you know, talk about bringing books or, you know, planning activity, whatever it may be, and making sure that there's like at least a thought of where we're going. And I, and my, my kids, and I've done this with families I've worked with in the past. It's like, great. We're going to go see these people, right? It's all about the preparation. We're going to go see these people. Here's what their house looks like. If you have pictures of it, here's you in their house last year. If you have pictures of it, um, I think, and, and if possible, maybe it would be good to do a, a video chat or a zoom meeting or something where, the people on the other end can help, right? Can show around the home so that it's a little more comfortable when they get there. Yep. And I think, you know, you can do a picture schedule too. If your kid is mm. used is used to a picture schedule at home, for sure, for sure, invest in the time in making a travel picture schedule. Um, we always had a, a travel picture schedule. Now my kiddos are old enough and can both read. So now I can actually just write it down um, what we're going to do. But that's really, really important. I find that it's so much easier for them to, you know, stay emotionally regulated, be able to, you know, when they know how long it is until yeah you know, the next thing, how long it is until the next break, how long it is until the next meal. Um, and also just, I don't know, one of my kids in particular really needs to know what are the things that I have to do today? And what are the things, you know, where are the places that I get to do whatever I want? And sometimes we forget to do that when we're, you know, sort of when, when school is not in and, you know, it's supposed to be all, you know, from our perspective, it's all fun stuff that we have planned for the day. Right, right. <laughs> but from their perspective, they're like, oh, you know, it's it's, it's a little overwhelming. It's overwhelming and and as particularly when they don't know what to expect. So picture schedules yeah. and lists. Yeah, I mean, you're using so many strategies in that, right? You've got a picture schedule so that there's activity so they, they're ready, they can kind of you know, be prepped for what's coming, but also you can say at this time, you can make a choice between these things, right? You're, you're building in a a lot of strategies to help them be successful. And I think that's, that's exactly what we need to be doing. Right. I mean, that's. 
and I'll tell you a specific thing that I did with my, um, my kids token schedule, my, they, yeah. they had, they had like picture schedules sort of like associated with little tokens. Um, and when I made the big at home one, I made the little pictures small enough so that we could actually do, we could transfer them to, mm-hmm. what do you call it? Like a, like a file folder. I used a yeah. file folder. And so we would actually use the same pictures on our travel picture schedule that we used on our home picture schedule. Um, and I feel like that was like a really good carryover for them. Yeah. Um, so that they got, they, that was just one, you know, one thing that was consistent. Well, and I think that's, you know, that's such an important factor, right? Having as much consistency as possible during this time of complete inconsistency, right? Very little is predictable over the holiday. I mean, you know, things are going to change. There's going to be traffic that you didn't expect and you're going to, flights are going to be delayed and all of those things. So trying to keep as many things consistent and predictable, I think is just really beneficial. I mean, for, sure. for me, I get overwhelmed with it, right? And I get mm-hmm. stressed. And so it's, you know, if I have at least some consistency, that's, that's helpful, I think. You know, one of the things I think about with consistency is bedtime routines. Yeah. For for us, we have a really set bedtime routine of, you know, we we brush our teeth, Mm -hmm. uh, we put on our pajamas, we read a book, Mm -hmm. we might um, listen to a song, a quiet song, right? Not Mm -hmm. not a high energy song, a really calm song, and we'll sing a song. And then it's kind of maybe a minute or, you know, a little bit of cuddling, because that's always fun. Mm -hmm. And then it's lights out. It's not, you know, we try to keep that same routine regardless of where we are, if we're on vacation, if we're at my parents' house, if we're at my in-laws' house, if we're in a hotel, we do our best to keep that the same because our kids then sleep better, right? And then there's not all this, well, what's next? And all that other second guessing. I know it's so hard when you're on vacation. I know when I'm on vacation, particularly with my with my family, because all of my nieces and nephews are much older than my kids. So my kids end up staying up like a half hour late one night. And then the next night they stay up an hour late and then it just keeps on going. And then, you know, we reach that like critical point where there's like a huge lost day of just all we have is tantrums and meltdowns. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Do, do as, do as we recommend, not as we do or not as I do anyway, (laughs) (laughs) keeping a consistent bedtime is terrific. So we're sort of it's not going to be to the minute, the same bedtime, right? Things are going to happen. Fun events are going to happen. I think it's, it's just good to be mindful of if you let it go an hour, two hours, three hours, you're going to have a problem in the morning because kids wake up at the same time, right? They generally don't sleep in their circadian rhythms are are pretty predictable. And so if you're getting two or three hours of sleep, for a couple nights in a row, you're going to yeah. end up with the grumpy day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we've kind of like moved away from like the planning of all of the things into the like enjoying of and, you know, in the middle of all of the things. And I'm wondering, do you ever take your kids to um, like holiday parades or holiday events or holiday parties? Will you be doing that this year or 
Yeah, we do a little bit of quieter. all of it, right? We do a little bit of all of it. And one of the things we try to do is um, I give my kids the choice of where we're going to be at those events. So, mm. for example, if we're going to, um, there's a big uh, holiday parade in, where I live in San Diego and, and lots of lights and lots of noise and lots of singing and all those things. And so I mm-hmm. give them a choice of where we're going to be in that, you know, how, how I guess, how much how much we're going to be embedded in the chaos versus on the periphery, if you will. And sometimes they want to be in the middle of it and they want to be in the thick of it and surrounded. And sometimes they're like, let's stand back a little bit. Or um, I also let them bring, um, you know, if they want to bring earplugs, that's fine too, because it just gets chaotic. Yeah. And one of the, the other thing that I try to do is I try to pay attention to the things that aren't being said. Right. So when I see a change in their behavior, my daughter in particular, when she gets really tired, she starts to get really, um, I guess, floppy is the right word. Like she trips, she's mm. more clumsy. She trips over things. If she's sitting on my shoulder, I can feel her laying on my neck, you know, or trying mm-hmm. to lay down, things like that. So that's a cue to me to say either she's overwhelmed or she's getting tired and we've got to move somewhere. Yeah, for sure. What about for, for you? Do you do those, those events? Um, we do. We have um, a family a family friend who gives a big um, party every year. We celebrate Christmas and she does a big Christmas party. And it's one of those things that I just, um, you know, you were talking about setting expectations earlier Um, and going to parties. I'm an extrovert. I love a Mm. party. I will, you know, be the first one to come and the last one to leave. Um, I've got a kiddo with, you know, who's got sensory issues and, and does cannot, sustain a party that long. And so I think part of my own internal preparation is sort of knowing like, okay, we're going to go. And you know what, if, if he's able to stay for two hours, that's amazing. And if he's able to stay for 15 minutes, that's okay too. And just like building in that in advance for me to sort of like, just give myself permission. It's okay if we have to leave. Um, and then if we have to leave, I'm not as sort of overwrought, I guess. It's right. just sort of like I've, I've already planned that in my mind. But we also sort of like, you know, when I walk into a house, particularly if we're going to, you know, if there's going to be a lot of people there, I'll like look for the space that's going to be quiet. Like, where can we go take a break and sort of like, you know, regroup, you know, if, if things get mm-hmm. a little bit too, um, too much for him? Yeah. So like talking to the host or the, you know, planning out once you get there saying, if you start to get overwhelmed, here's an area you can go, or maybe it's outside, or maybe it's in mm-hmm. you know, a different part of the house that's quieter or, or something like that. So that if he needs to take a break and just kind of relax, he can do that. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So looking at places like, you know, walking inside and I'll see a little sweet little bench with like a bird feeder next to it. And I'll be like, all right, that, that's where we're going. That's where we're going when we need to uh, chill out for a minute and regroup and and see if, if we're planning on staying or planning on leaving. Yeah, I, it's so it's well, it's so busy. I'm an extrovert also. And I have to remember that, you know, my daughter, my my daughter is totally an introvert and my son and I are completely extroverts, right? And so we're the same. I, I could show up at a party and be there and talk to people for hours and my daughter can be off somewhere playing quietly with maybe one other person. And I think that's okay, right? That's that's something that, again, adjusting our expectations. I, I don't expect my daughter to be talking to 45 people at a party, but she's yeah. going to talk to 
to one other child for the entire time. And that's a, that's a great experience for her. And she's having fun in that moment. So you're, you're a much better parent than I was when my daughter was your daughter's age, because (laughs) she used to, she used to ask me if we could go potty and I'd be like, sure, you have to go potty. Wonderful. Take her to the bathroom. She'd sit on the toilet and just be so happy to sit there and talk to me (laughs) and stroke my hair. It took me a really long time to figure out she did not have to go potty. She just wanted to be alone with her mom. (laughs) She just needed some quiet time. She just needed some quiet time. That's a great point though, right? I mean, our kids communicate, all kids communicate in different ways. And so it's, it's the message behind the message. Yeah. Everything is communication. If you see vocals increasing, if you see, you know, physical stims increasing, if you see, you know, changes in their affect, all of that, like, it's really important to ask yourself what, what are they experiencing right now? You know, even kids who can talk, even kids who who can, who are really vocal, sometimes they're not going to communicate with you to you with their words. They're going to communicate right. with their behavior, with their body language or um, or with their facial expressions. Right. I think I see some um, some kids say, I just have a tummy ache or I have a headache mm-hmm. or I don't feel good, but they can't necessarily articulate any specifics. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a thing for parents to think about. If you're hearing that, yeah, can be a sign of you know stress or anxiety as well. Definitely. Oh, I want to give you a little um, a hack too. Ooh, so, yeah. <laughs> um, do you celebrate Christmas? Yes. Yeah. You do. do. Okay. Yeah. So. I, we used to have those Christmas pictures with Santa where the kids are screaming because nobody's happy. And I realized that part of that was not just like sitting on the stranger's lap, but it was also that the malls music was really loud. You know, there were lights, there were people. We discovered a trick. Um, I don't know. I think when my oldest was probably five or six, that if you go to the mall to get a Santa picture, on Christmas Eve, there's okay. no one there. There's no one there. <laughs> there's no one there. I mean, nowadays there, you know, there's lots of um, autism-friendly holiday experiences. Um, but in case you're in case you're in need of a Santa picture on Christmas Eve, know that that's pro- probably a pretty sensory-friendly experience. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, malls are terrible. They're echoey. The acoustics are bad. The mm-hmm. lighting is awful you know, all the things sort of get magnified in those situations. Plus there are tons of people. I love that. I mean, you know, families can also hopefully Google search and find in their areas, you know, a sensory friendly Santa or, or things like that. I know we've done a few of those and we've had some other, you know, other groups that, w- that we've worked with in the past have had those sort of across the country. So just- Yeah, those events are great. Yeah. talk about the end of it right let's so we've sort of built into the holidays we've talked about how to make it through you know maybe the day of and and Mm -hmm. you know some adjusting expectations 
But the part that I find the hardest is adjusting back into real life afterwards, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Going to school on the Monday after you've been off for two weeks is always terrible. So bad. Um, What what can we do to kind of prepare for that? What are are some things that, that we can do to help set up our, you know, our children or our clients or our families that we're working with for success? Well, I think one of the things that you've kind of stressed throughout this time that we've been talking, which is like, you know, that structure and kind of maintaining your schedule as best as you can. I think that that is one of one of the best fruits of that labor is that it is less hard, less difficult to go back Um, for our family because we do let bedtime schedules get wonky and we do pay for it. And we also know that about three or four nights before school starts, we've got to get back on schedule. And so then we start getting them slowly back on schedule, like, you know, in 15 minute increments every night. Um, Is that true with waking up also? Like, do you wake um, up around the same time as yes. well? Yes. Yeah. They will. Yeah. They, well, my kids are getting a little older now, so they'll start to, they, they will sleep in. Oh, okay. So it's, it's not then that they're missing out on sleep necessarily as just their schedule is shifting and schedule needs to be shifted back. Got it. Um, and yeah, I think again, downtime. Like a lot of kids need downtime that last couple of days, you know, I know it's, it's kind of tempting to just like pack in all the fun and, you know, it's our last, you know, just, just take some time, let them, let them do whatever they want, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, one of the things we do is, and the, and one thing I always tell families is like, to your point, getting that bedtime routine back on track, but also getting wake up times back on track. Yeah. So it's, you know, if you normally get up at seven, but you've been sleeping in until eight, you Mm got to start working that back. Otherwise the first morning is a groggy mess for everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, you know, for us, the, the last couple of days of a, of a break like this, it's so, it sounds so terrible and boring, but you know, those are the days where we're getting caught up on laundry there, you know, we're Mm. making lunches early. Um, we're making sure that the house is clean. You know, it's, it's some of those things that it's like, all right, we're kind of transitioning back into our usual routine versus our break or holiday routine. Um, and so it's not very glamorous, but it's, we'll do five loads of laundry and it's, you know, all the stuff's ready then for the, for Monday morning at, you know, so yeah. we're out the door at, at seven ten, And so everything's ready for us to be ready and, and start getting ready in the morning. So it sounds like you actually plan some time at the end of your break to like plan and prepare and do all the planning and the preparing for the yeah. going back to regular life, Yeah, which is so responsible of you. Well, I mean, look, the best laid plans, right? They don't always, <laughs> they don't always happen, but that's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then we also sort of modify what we do the first couple of days that they're back. Right. Yeah. So I try to put them to bed a little bit early mm-hmm. on that Monday yep. so that they get a full night's sleep. They're rested. So that Tuesday is a good day. Monday's going to be hard for everyone. I'm going to have a hard yeah. day on Monday after the break, right? We're all, yeah. we're all going to do. We try to do it so that Tuesday morning is the mm-hmm. back, in, back in, you know, regular mode, if that makes sense. I like to get my kids hyped up for that thing that they're not excited about, which is going back to school. Yeah. And just to start, you know, those last few days, just start talking about, 
you know, oh, I wonder what this favorite teacher did over the holidays. Oh, oh you haven't seen this friend in a while. I bet you're excited to see them. And just kind of like, you know, it's like just adjusting their expectations again mm-hmm. to sort of help them remember what, what motivates them right. to get back and what's going to be so fun about going back to school. Yeah. Although I, I don't think that that necessarily works for all kids, but you can sort of modify right. that. Right. And I think, you know, we've talked about this on other episodes. And I think we've talked about this, you and I, right. The, the best thing to do, the best thing for parents to do is to know their children. Right. And, yeah. and adjust to where they, they mm-hmm. can be the most successful. Right. And if it means talking about it for days ahead of time, mm-hmm. right. If it means not, then that's okay too. Right. Mm-hmm. I, don't force any of this on any of your families if it's going to bring about more stress. For sure. And I mean, there's, I think, going to be hard days or hard moments during the holidays because things are so different. And then when you go back to regular life, there's going to be hard moments. And one of the other things that I like to tell parents to keep in mind is that you're experiencing a difficult moment that's not going to last forever. You're experiencing a difficult event. Um, But to sort of like keep it in those terms in your mind, rather than thinking about having a difficult kid. Um, Because I think that that is, that can really color your own experience of, um, of just how, how those moments go and how quickly you can sort of let go of them and get back to just enjoying enjoying your kiddo, whoever he or she may be. Right. That's great advice. That's great advice. Catherine, we have to do this more often. This is so fun. We, we, we run parallel on this until we never get to be on the podcast together. I love this though. We should do this. I know. I love it too. I hope you have wonderful, wonderful holiday season. And the next time um, a big event rolls around, we'll have to do another podcast about it. Absolutely. Hopefully you and your family have a wonderful holiday season as well. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Take care. See ya. enjoyed Catherine and I's thoughts and insights uh, into preparing for the holiday season. One thing we didn't talk about that we should mention is making sure you have all the safety equipment and medical equipment you may need. So things like, you know, special locks or medications or EpiPens or things you should be preparing to bring with you. Um, It's also good to bring a behavior plan or a crisis plan in case of emergency. One thing that we talked about offline was making sure that you know about local uh, bodies of water just in case somebody does wander out of the home. And I think just general good advice is to make sure you're enlisting your family and friends and those people around you for help uh, as you get into this uh, holiday season. If you have any other suggestions or thoughts, feel free to email us at allautismtalk@learnbehavioral.com. And as always, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Autism Therapies. Until next time, have a wonderful holiday season and be safe, be healthy. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of All Autism Talk. This podcast is brought to you by Learn Behavioral, the leading network of providers serving children with autism and other special needs. Visit us at learnbehavioral.com. Listen to previous episodes at allautismtalk.com on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
All Autism Talk, connecting the autism community one podcast at a time.